I knew about the word and I knew like the definition. So it was until early on that I was realizing, okay, gay means that I like guys. And I would just be like, no, I like girls. All my friends are girls. <laughs> of course they are. <laughs> Welcome to Trauma to Triumph, where our goal is to empower, inspire, and give you the means to stand up, take control of your life while embracing your inner badass. I am thrilled you are here and wanting to be a part of this journey. In our 13th episode, I'm excited to introduce to you Brandon. He is bright, mentally and spiritually in tune at the very young age of 20. He's gone from admin to full-time real estate agent selling homes on the daily while being intentional and manifesting the life he desires. But let's be honest, this isn't the reason why I brought him onto the show. He's full of energy, love, and light, but it hasn't always been this way. Brandon struggled with owning who he is, and in his darkest hours was ready to end it all. He struggled with owning his identity, trying to battle out his sexuality and stay quiet. He wasn't living in his fullest truth. Coming out and the overwhelming fear of rejection and lack of acceptance has led to so much unintentional destruction. Our intention with this episode is to help people understand and embrace the fear of coming out. If this interview helps just one person embrace their truth or support someone else, I will consider this mission accomplished. The goal is to help understand and shower people with love for those who need it so that they can have the courage to live their most authentic lives. We are about to see what it takes to own your sexuality and or how to support someone in the process. Let's learn when, why, and how to have the conversation with your family and how Brandon was okay with the ones who couldn't fully accept it. Let's get started. I'm super excited. I have Brandon on the line today, and we are going to talk about everything mindset. Brandon is pretty amazing. I actually met Brandon last year at Date with Destiny. Was it last year? Yeah, it was last year. It's like been one year. It's a one-year celebration of our friendship, Brandon. <laughs> Oh, Facebook told me that like oh like when David Dustin was happening, I'm like, oh my god, I wanted to post it. I'll send it to you. I screenshotted it. <laughs> so one of the things that I love about Brandon, I I can't remember exactly how this happened, but I remember walking through, and I mean, if you've ever been to date with Destiny, it's like this crazy, um, huge group of people, and I think there's like I think last year there was probably about five thousand, and I remember walking in and out of this room and. I mean, just 5,000 people, right? It's really hard to like pinpoint one person. But Brandon came up to me and he looked at me in the eyes and he's like, I just need to tell you something. And he ended up giving me like this entire life story that was just beautiful. But I was like super random. And I'm like, oh man. And I'm like, I love this kid because he's so like vulnerable, so real. He doesn't give two fucks about like who he randomly goes up to. And I just love the boldness behind that. And that's how I remember meeting you. And we became fast friends afterwards. Like I ended up introducing him to a couple of other people. And I just remember thinking, God, he's so young and he's got such a big heart and he's so introspective. And I wanted to make sure that I kept you close and that you know, we kept in contact and we've been able to keep in contact for the last year. So yeah, amazing stuff. So welcome. And before we even get started, I always ask my guests this. So what's one crazy thing that people don't know about you that we get to know? Oh, I love that question. Oh, I really don't tell a lot of people about it or post as much about it. I love to dance. Oh, God. I can break that floor <laughs> down. <laughs> <laughs> but for some odd reason, that doesn't really surprise me, right? Like, I would think, because, like, okay, so anybody who doesn't know Brandon, when you start to follow him, you'll see, like, he's got, like, this beautiful body, and he's always talking in the video, so I'm like, that's, like, not really surprising, right? Um, I'm trying to think something that no one would guess. Probably, uh... I don't know that, um, oh, I, I really never, I guess I'm a, I love burgers. I guess it's one what? thing. I think, 
Yeah, I love, I could eat burgers like all day, every day. (laughs) I feel like some people would think maybe I'm just like super into my fitness that Mm -hmm. I'll never eat a burger. I haven't eaten one in front, but I can eat a burger. I eat a burger at least once a week. That's a fun fact. Yeah, That's awesome. Okay. Yeah. I would have never guessed that because yeah, you're always posting food of like really clean food and like, (laughs) yeah, yeah, I get it, dude. You're onto something. So one of the things that I was really excited about with talking to you today is that I've had a lot of guests that come on and we talk about, you know, multitudes of different types of trauma. And the reason why I felt like your story was so relevant is because, you know, battling with coming out um, and then coming out and like coming to peace with all of these things is such a huge like faux pas topic. Like nobody really talks about it. Like we hear about it, right? But I mean, and maybe it's just me, but do do people talk about it all the time or is it something like you kind of like walking on eggshells, you don't want to say it, you don't want to talk about it. And it's like when people are good and ready, they'll say something, but we just don't talk about it until it happens, right? Exactly. Yeah, I definitely felt like eggshells when I was in the closet. Um, The only people that actually would talk about it and bring it up would actually be people that were bullies. They would just say it like, aren't you or are you in the closet? Aren't you not? Just say it. And I'm just like, oh my God, relax. Um, But yeah, other than that, close friends and family, especially since my family is a bit more traditional, they would not say anything. Yeah. Was that really hard when you initially talked to your family about it? Yeah, I will never forget the day I was watching this movie with my sister and I, and there was a gay scene in it. And my sister was like, oh my God, ew. And after we finished watching the movie, she went to the bathroom. And I remember thinking back to that scene and just saying, I'm so tired of just pretending like this is so not me. And what that scene was, was a reflection of all this built up like anger that I had of putting this mask on. And I just decided in that moment that that was not ill, that that was really cool. And I was going to take off this mask. And the minute she sat back down in the couch in the living room, I said, I need to tell you something. I'm gay. And (laughs) she was just like, how do you know? And I went on to explain to her that I've known since the earliest I could ever remember and this is this was my journey. And after that, her next question was, when are you planning to tell mom? You cannot tell mom now. And that just like broke my heart when she said that. Because Aww. number one, when you come out, I think everyone wants to feel accepted. And that just made me feel like I have to hide it even more. <laughs> and I told her, I'm planning to tell mom maybe in I, I, two years because I was... I was going to enter my senior year of high school. So I was planning to tell her when I go to college because I'd be leaving the house. So that would give me time to just be me without my mom having to deal with it. And um, two weeks after I told my sister that and we had that conversation, my mom was on the phone and with a girlfriend. And I said, I was talking to my mom about something. And there were a lot of times in my life when my mom would comment on my certain behaviors And in that moment, when I told her, she said, Brandon, don't move your hands like that. Only girls move their hands like that. And I just said, why is that such a problem? And she said, it's just something to keep an eye out. It's not a big deal. You're just a man. And I just remember like my face getting so red. I walked to my sister's room to calm down. And I came back into the room and I said, mom, I have to tell you something. (laughs) Right? Like so dramatic I am. (laughs) And... She said, what is it, Brandon? And I said, I am gay, like in the proudest voice ever. (laughs) I love it. And she said to her friend, wait, hold on, girl. I need to call you back in five minutes. (laughs) (laughs) It's not going to be five minutes, girl. (laughs) I just got so nervous. I was like, wait, wait, wait. She said, oh, she just put her head down, like rubbing her temple in her head. And she was like, oh my God, I can't believe this. This is because you didn't live with your dad because my dad didn't raise us since he mm-hmm. lived in New York and that we lived in Florida. She's like, I should I knew I should have raised you with your dad. And I was like, mom, it has nothing to do with my dad. This is something I was born with. She's like, oh, my mom used to 
go to like, she knew like a psychic of a friend of a friend from like mm-hmm. years ago. And she's like, oh, that psychic put a spell on me. I was like, what? <laughs> I'm like, this is a blessing. This is not a curse. <laughs> the psychic put a curse on me. Right? Oh my God. Like, what? This woman we haven't seen her in like 10 years. What does she even have to do with this? Oh, that is hilarious. And um, I went on to just spend the rest of the night telling my mom how you know, this is who I am and I want this. And her first response was, you know, are you like, are you planning to, to change who you are? Do you want to be yourself? Because I'm scared for you that people will reject you in this world because of you being more of who you are. And I just started sobbing because I just, that to me felt like she wanted me to kind of stay hidden like I've always been. Mm-hmm. And I realized later on in life that she was just doing that out of love to protect me. Mm-hmm. Um, but in that moment, I just was feeling a bit rejected. And we spent the next several months, uh, really even until now, we're still always, I'm still uh, showing more and more of myself to my family and we're growing stronger every day. And so I'm very proud of the journey and the steps that we've made since then. That's awesome. So my my first initial thought process is you're in Florida. If you're not going to be accepted in Florida, where the fuck are you going to be accepted? Right? We're a melting pot here. <laughs> like, Florida is like the epic, like, if you wanted to be gay and if you wanted to be out and proud, like, Florida is the place to be. <laughs> I mean, am I right on that or am I, like, wrong? I'm like, because I'm pretty sure that you guys are really comfortable i mean like in seattle we're really comfortable like we're like a huge melting pot out here right like you're always you're you're gonna feel super at home here but like florida is like one of the places where i would think that yeah i mean i remember coming out to like my family was the hardest to come out to and they were the they had the most maybe not so accepting response at first but everyone else was so accepting and I also, I was kind of that kid that even though people wouldn't talk about it, we all kind of knew that I was gay. Right. <laughs> so my friends were like not really surprised. I feel like everybody was just happy for me that I took that step. They weren't like, wait, what? I would have never guessed. Like, no, no, no. no. <laughs> we're like, when are you going to say it? <laughs> uh, <laughs> so. so then my question for you comes to like when you're when you were battling with saying it and going through that process, like how many years did you stifle that? Like how long was it held? Oh gosh. I definitely would say um, a lot. Like I just remember, for example, being in kindergarten and I sat in this like table with my four best friends, which were four girls Mm-hmm. And I just remember one kid telling me, are you fruity? I remember asking, what is fruity? And he was like, it just, and he was like, it means if you're gay, if you're fruity, I feel like you're fruity. And I just remember going home that day, typing fruity on like Urban Dictionary. <laughs> <laughs> like, just being like, oh my God, what is this gay? And I knew about the word and I knew like the definition. So it was until early on that I was realizing, okay, gay means that I like guys. And I would just be like, no, I like girls. All my friends are girls. Of course they are. (laughs) Yeah. It's just, I, I didn't connect. So I battled it from kindergarten because from kindergarten onwards, that's when like cooties were around. So, you know, guys hung out with guys. And for me, I always hung out with girls. So guys would always talk about why are you hanging out with girls? And then middle school was definitely like where I put the pieces together that, okay, it doesn't mean I just not only like a guy, but I'm very attracted to guys. Mm. And I started learning more about iconic gay guys like like Elton John and learning about drag queens. And of course, like it it just, it was so extra, so flamboyant, so fabulous. And that scared the crap out of me because people were putting me in that same category that I was gay. Mm -hmm. And it was so audacious for me at that time because I was so conservative that it it would just make me get anxiety. And um, a lot of people definitely, a lot of bullies definitely brought it up like on a daily basis. So I, yeah. I brought, I 
I fought it for since I was in kindergarten. That's the earliest I can remember. And how old were you when you came out? I was 17. So from kindergarten to 17 years old, you had to deal with like this inner anxiety and nobody knew that you were dealing with anxiety. You know what? I really will say my my two closest friends always knew Mm -hmm. and they never spoke about it. But in the times when I was in my lowest, they would always tell me, Brandon, just know that whatever's going on in there, you can always let it out with us and we'll always accept you for who you are. Oh. One of like the sweetest messages ever someone can say. Right? Oh. I know. I found that going to make me tear up. <laughs> <laughs> it's so hard because it's like... When you think about who you are and having to stifle like that voice to conform to people or to conform to what the world wants you to look like, it's, I mean, and at such a young age too, it's like, how do you deal with all of that? Like, there's so much strength there because to do that and to go through those motions and to not have anybody explain it to you and you having to name all of this stuff, It's crazy. It is. And then to be able to come out and still hold on to your shit and not lose it because your family's losing it and still be true to who you are is like an immense amount of strength. It's tough. Yeah, it definitely is strength and really knowing that you are enough. And that's so powerful. Right. So with that being said, what ended up like leading you because like I know when we first started talking um you were talking about how you were in a really dark place and at one point you actually wanted to commit suicide is that right yes and it's so interesting because it was just before I was gonna I came out and I remember uh, so I came out in the summer that I was going into my senior year of high school and that first day of summer that I finished my junior year of high school, all my friends hung out and I found out that no one invited me. And what really was a text that did not get delivered because of bad reception, I really was like, and my head came up with this story that nobody wants me and that's why I wasn't invited. It was just at that point, it happened to be at the same time that my built up frustration and depression was at the highest. So I spent that day at home and I remember... I got like a bottle of wine and I just drank it because I felt like if I was a little bit drunk, maybe I'd feel better. And I really just started getting deeper into my thoughts. And I remember just taking out a knife from the kitchen. Nobody was home. And I remember taking out a knife and just crying and sobbing and saying that if I'm meant to continue on in life, then I need something to show me. I need a gut feeling. I need, I need something. And um, I, I just, I just, and I, I just remember like the knife was touching my skin and I can just say, okay, this is like my chance now, or this is, I'm going to continue in life. And I remember something, I don't know what it was. It was like a memory that popped up in my head of my mom and I playing when we were really young And I just remember my mom holding me and cradling me and just thinking that, oh my God, if I were to do suicide, my mom would be devastated, devastated. And I just told myself, you know what? Even though I want to die, I cannot do this. I have to live for my mom. And that's how I got myself to not do suicide. I did. I dec- I contemplated suicide multiple times throughout my life, but that one was just right before I came out. That was the last time I did it. Yeah. Did you ever tell your mom about it? No, I don't even think to this day she knows. <laughs> <laughs> she knows now. Yeah. Uh, which, like, again, it's it's a lot, right? Like when we talk about like all the things that you had to go through and to be somebody to explore all of that. And like one of the biggest things is just that your message is so important because it's like, how do we accept people for where they're at and what they're struggling with? And how do we identify that? Because it's so hard to understand. And especially for me, like, as I don't, I, I mean, I have plenty of friends that are gay, like my best friend, she's gay. And I remember like she, but she's always been gay. Right. So it's like, 
that's just kind of the way it is. But when you're in a place where you're trying to help people identify with where they're at and who they are, like, how do we get to a point where we can acknowledge that, accept that, see that, and really make that process easier for people? Because mm-hmm. I think that that's like the ultimate goal is like, you can't not be who you are, right? So how do we as a society become better at embracing that? Definitely one of those things was pride, like having those pride events that are just blasted out there because it creates an environment where, because when I came out, it just happened to be June of 2016, which just happened to be Pride Month. Oh my God. And the reason, um, like prior to that day that I watched the movie to tell my sister I was coming out, I actually had watched this YouTube video like the day before, ironically, about this guy that was my age talking about how he came out of the closet and then life was like fabulous. Mm -hmm. And then he said, oh, you know, don't forget, like going to Pride events changed my life. And so being connected to this world where you can find out about anything and everything, I just learned that it was Pride Month, all these Pride events are going and I saw these videos Seeing that, you know, there's more, there's communities out there for people to go to, even if they're still exploring things and they might not be gay. I just think it's that accepting environment and having those communities that really help and doing what we're doing now, having these conversations, because that guy that made that YouTube video, he probably just did it to throw it out there. Maybe not for someone specific, but he's part of the reason why I came out. And I hope that when people hear this video and this, uh, this podcast, they go, wow, like, you know, someone else understands me. And I think that's the first step for people to know that they're not alone. Mm -hmm. For sure. And I think like the hardest part, right, is to find a place where you can feel safe enough to share that. Like, how do we create space so that you feel safe? Like, what do like people get wrong when they're going through this process? Like, that's probably like a really good one. Like, what do people fuck up badly. So when you say people, do you mean the person in the closet or the other people on the other side? Both. Oh, okay. (laughs) Um, I would definitely say, um, because I, I felt at least for me in my situation, I did not feel like you're, you spend so much time in school and school influences you so much. And the conversations in my school were very far from LGBTQ it was more like, if no one says it, then we can all assume everyone's here is like straight. Mm-hmm. So for example, when it came to the, I remember sex ed was like a big deal when you were like in middle school. Still is. Still is. Like, oh my God. And I just remember them talking about, they're like, yeah, when you're a guy, you're going to have this experience with a girl. And I just remember being like, they should maybe say, oh, but them not talking about a guy maybe being into a guy just scared me because that made me feel like, oh my God, I'm thinking wrong. I have to be into a girl. Yes. And just other simple things like they had every single club in the world, like even a pizza club. But where was the LGBT club? Like, So I think embracing it and those years of development in school is really, really important. Yeah. It's interesting that you say that because I actually was having a conversation with my girlfriend the other day and I love my girlfriend. She's actually, um, one of my podcast guests. She's, um, I think number four, Melinda. And it was really crazy because before we were actually doing her interview, we were talking about, she's got like, I don't know, a crazy amount of kids. And she had one kid who was asked to go to a dance and he was telling her about it and he's like yeah you know I was asked to go to a dance and he was like I was asked by a boy and he's a guy right and and he was so like disgusted with it and he was telling you know his mom he's like I can't believe he asked me and she was like how did you respond to that and he goes well I said hell no and she goes, so when do we, do we ever talk to girls like that? And she go, he goes, no. And he goes, so just because he's gay, you're going to give him a different response than you would be a girl. Does he not have feelings? And so she's like walking him down this. And now she's like, I fucking love you. <laughs> right? Yeah, mom's your word. Right. And then she was like, 
I don't care if it's a guy or a girl, like you treat all humans with the basic respect of like, it takes courage to ask you to a freaking dance. Like the least you could do is say no and be polite about it and not treat him differently than you would treat a girl. Yeah. And I was like, how many of us are getting even that right? You know what I mean? Like there's so many, like, it's so funny because I know that my son will come to me and he's like, do boys kiss boys? And I'm like, sometimes boys do kiss boys. <laughs> and I was like, it just kind of depends. He's like, is that wrong? And I'm like, no, it's not wrong. It just depends on like, if you like boys, like if you like boys, great. If you like girls, great. But I'm kind of hoping that you're not kissing boys or kissing girls at this stage because you're only seven. <laughs> like, <laughs> let's not have this conversation right now because mom's wow. going to have a heart attack. <laughs> But yeah, so it, it's interesting, um, you know, the LGBTQ clubs and do they even exist in schools? Like, I know that in some high schools they have them. My actual question that I was thinking to myself just now was, when is it too, is it too early? Like, what age should you expose them to those topics? Yeah, I wonder, I wonder. Because in high school, like, that's great. Mm. But I think also, like, if I would have been exposed to it, Maybe when I was in elementary school, which is so early, I think my journey would have been a lot easier. So I wonder if if element, but I know in high school they do have them. Yeah. And see, and that's like the interesting thing too, though, is like I was talking to another gal yesterday as I was recording and um, we were talking about different conversations and actually sex ed and all that other stuff. Because sex ed really actually starts at the end of like elementary school. So like fifth grade. And um, we were talking about how like you get like five warning shots about talking about, you know, your genitals and all this other stuff. And it's like very basic shit. It's like puberty and like, this is your vagina. This is your penis. And you get so many like warnings. Like, I think I got like five emails about, oh, well, we're going to talk about, you know, body parts with your kids. And I'm like, I can only imagine like if you were to talk about like, you know, being a lesbian or being transgender like could you imagine how many warning shots like you have like five emails for like talking about your vagina and like if you were to venture into these other topics like how do we do that and like get that right and I mean right now we obviously are kind of in a place where those conversations aren't happening enough right like it's just not um But I think that the one thing that we can do on our ends is just to expose them, like have the conversations with our kids or have the conversations so that they feel like whatever environment that they need to put themselves in, that they can really get comfortable with it. I think that's a really good point that you bring up, like the parent having the conversation with their kids. Yeah. Because I also remember, you know, when I would have teachers that I wasn't really close to showing some type of support. But, you know, I think the people that are going to influence you the most are the ones that you trust. So as much as some people would say or show some type of support throughout my struggle, if that trust wasn't there, it was like a stranger to me. And you and me as a parent, you know, if I have a if my mom would have had that conversation a lot earlier, it would have had a much bigger impact because that's someone I really trust. So, yeah, having parents have those conversations at home. I think will make it a lot easier for people and really show immense support because those are the people that I think are going to influence them the most out of anyone, really. If you had to teach your mom how to go through this process, knowing what you know now, what would that have looked like? What, like, how different would that be? So definitely when I was younger, I used to love playing with dolls. And <laughs> I was just like, I used to dress up in my mom's like robes and wear mm-hmm. these like super extra sunglasses and just think <laughs> that I was getting ready to be like on Vogue or something. <laughs> um, instead of, I would, looking back at it, I would tell my mom, you know, just let that little kid be the queen that he thinks he is. You know, let him play with the dolls, you know, let him get that Barbie doll that just came out at Toys R Us instead of getting the cart. And if people ask him, why is he doing that? You know, you as a parent, just say, you know what? He's happy and that's what really matters. And that's his own business. So yeah, just to, because my mom would steer me, she would really try to steer me down a different direction. Like, don't get the doll, get the cart. Don't wear the robes, wear some basketball clothes. Here's a football. Here's a what? Oh yeah, here's, here's a, a football. football. <laughs> 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 no. <laughs> 
Um, so yeah, just for her to tell me, just do what you want to do, and I'm here to help you be free. Oh, so huge. So many things that we get wrong as parents sometimes. And it's interesting because it's not like no parent wakes up saying, I don't want my kid to be happy. I think it's like we wake up and we're like, oh, my God, like the fear sets in, right? It's like, did I do something wrong? And it's like, there's nothing wrong with being gay or, you know, transgender or lesbian or whatever it is. It's like you exploring to the fullest who you want to be and really just supporting that journey, right? And something I never thought about that I'm happy you just brought up was being on the parent side, because my mom grew up in such a traditional environment with Mm -hmm. never seeing a parent raise a gay kid. For her, it's like, she was probably like, oh shit, what do I do? Like now I have a, you know, I have a gay son, like, I don't know what to do. So she tries to fit me in the box that she's seen so many other parents raise their traditional kids. Mm -hmm. So I can imagine it's like not going right. He wants to And she's like, oh, like this freaking kid doesn't, like, I don't know what to do. And parents are, parents did ask my mom at times, like, oh, you know, why does your son want to play with dolls? Or why are there like all girls at his birthday parties? (laughs) Because he's a pimp. (laughs) (laughs) So she, I really do think she gave her her best. Yeah. And I learned a lot from watching her raise me. So it's amazing. She sounds pretty freaking resilient, right? She is. And what's crazy is the mom she was when I was in the closet is totally different than the mom she is now. I mean, changed her beliefs for her own son. I mean, that's in, in that's indescribable. That meant the world to me. Right. Was it hard to get the rest of the family to accept like her brothers, sisters, mom, dad, like grandpa, grandma? Uh, Mom came around a lot quicker than my sister did. My Uh sister definitely has come around since then. Um, The the other closest person to me was actually, is actually my sister's boyfriend. Mm -hmm. And we were like really close before they met. I introduced them together. They've been together for like three or four years now. Mm -hmm. So when I came out to him, same exact thing as my friends, like what? Oh, I knew. (laughs) (laughs) And he was like, I don't know why. He just loves it. He thinks I'm like the funniest person ever. And I was like, okay, dad. So dad actually lives in New York. Mm-hmm. So for people listening, New York is like the gay Mecca of the United States. Mm-hmm. There's like more gays per person than like anywhere else. So when I told him, he's like, Brandon, you want to work in New York, right? And I'm like, yeah. So he's like, everyone I work with is gay. Like, <laughs> there's no, it's okay. Like, I'm, I'm more around this than you know. Oh. So and then... um. My grandma, I never told her, even though she's like the most cool, chill person ever. Like she's 21st century in like in 70 year old body. Mm -hmm. And I never told her. And anytime like that topic was brought up, like if I was talking about pride or something, just to kind of hint, she would just get so serious. Like, okay, like, I guess we, I don't know if I can talk about this or not. Um, But I knew she was super cool because one of, her one of like a friend of a friend had a gay son and every time he'd come over she and her would have like a blast so I knew she was going to be accepting and then I had the only other person was my grandpa who was like traditional to the max and I love him to death and he has his own beliefs and view of the world and he's not accepting of it at all and I realized that's okay my job is just to love him unconditionally and make him comfortable and make him happy. And if him being happy is being away from that world, then I will just love him from that distance. So, yeah. That's super mature for you to understand that, respect that and embrace it, right? Like, and this is where I know we get this stuff wrong is that a lot of times when you're not comfortable with who you are, and you're still trying to figure out your own worth and your own validation and your own acceptance that you want other people to accept you. And so you kind of go through this process of like, oh, well, you know, this is who I am. And you're like fighting, fighting, fighting. And what you realize is that you just kind of have to let it be and accept where their mindset isn't going to allow them to shift 
to embracing the things that you're so comfortable owning. Yeah. And you're totally right about you wanting, like when I was in the closet, my biggest concern was always, are will people accept me? And you come out of the closet and you realize the only person that really matters if they accept you is yourself. Right. Everyone else that does or doesn't, well, that's okay. You're still going to live the fabulous life that you envision. So, And I think that that's probably like the hardest part for like, even, you know, and whether you're straight or you're gay, like th- that accepted part is like a never ending struggle, right? Like we don't get that right because it's the ability to really love ourselves where we're at, really just be able to embrace it and own that shit. But sometimes being timid and like trying to compare ourselves to what society looks like can really screw up our game. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. And I'm happy that you actually bring that up because it's so interesting when I look at when I was come, when I was in the closet, the way that I performed in school, the way that I performed, because I went to the gym when I was in the closet. I went to the gym in the, when I was in the closet to look straight. I know, isn't that crazy? Because mm-hmm. I thought if I like had muscles, people would think I was straight. Right. Um, so I, and, you know, just my level of thinking and how hard I worked and how smart I worked just excelled when I came out of the closet because I put a lot of energy when I was in the closet in hiding myself that I wasn't, I don't think, really pushing myself the hardest that I could in life. And you're right, it does it does kind of screw up your game and you know, you're constantly not getting or not performing how you want and what really matters, what you're passionate about. And then you look at it and you say, well, probably because I'm not putting all my energy into it because I'm focused so much on hiding myself. Right. And it's interesting to me because like, I'm sure that by the time that like the girls figured out that you were are gay and not straight, you probably broke like a million hearts. Like these girls were probably like, oh my God, he's got like this great body. Oh my God. I have to tell this one story. So I was definitely that guy that like when a girl met me, they're just like, oh my God, you're like so fun. Like we're going to be besties. (laughs) Okay. This guy is super polite, like a total girl's girl. And like, he's handsome. Like what? (laughs) And it was just, I I just had, there there was one particular person in my life. I just remember I was like at a party and this was in high school. And I met this girl. We hit it off so well. Like, could talk about anything. Like, from shoes to... I mean, I, I talk, could talk about... I would tell about, like, sports. Like, I actually played sports. And she was into me. And I was, like, pretending to be into her. And I just remember, like, she leaned in. And we were sitting in front of everybody. And I totally moved my head, like, 180. Like, <laughs> so I just feel like... It's so mean of me to do. And the girl just got so offended, so embarrassed in front of everyone because nobody wants to get rejected, especially in high school. Right. And I just remember telling her, you know, honestly, I just really want to take things slow. And I really think that we should get to know each other more. And she just gave me this face of like, we're at a party. Like, we're not talking about marriage here. So brutal. That was like my go-to if any, if like things were getting serious with a girl. I just said, you know, we're, I remember there was like this one girl, I forget, like middle or high school. And we would like hang out, hold hands. But like anytime, anytime we would get close to kissing, like this is going too quick for me. We need to (laughs) close. And you know, like the worst part about that, right? Is like when you say that to a girl, it makes her like sex drive go like exponentially like higher right? So it's like, oh, he's trying to take his time. He's such a sweet guy. And like, they're like sitting there like thirsty as shit, trying to jump on your ass. <laughs> no, and literally that explains that. I'm like, I would tell them that. So things would kind of die down. And then I'm like, oh my God, this is the third month, fourth month. Like, why are they hanging on? Like, I don't understand. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It's because there's like this, like appeal to like break you down. And like, you're such a gentleman. Like, I can't wait. And then you're like, no. I'm not budging. <laughs> oh, God. That cracks me out. Oh, that's so funny. So what I love about your story is that you were in this, like, place where you were super dark. And then, like, I see you posting for the last year since Date with Destiny. Like, you're on this, like, crazy mission of, like, I, I think, like, setting the bar for what it's like to be gay, 20-something, and, like, really, like, just 
10 times multiplying your freaking mindset. So tell me about this journey that you've got going on. Oh God. So I will tell you this from the minute I came out of the closet, I feel like I was put on this rainbow path to (laughs) achieving things that were beyond my wildest. It was like, once I came out, I could put all my energy into being the best me I can be. And I'll never forget. I came out of the closet I had this job at my mom's medical office that I didn't like. And within like a month of coming out, I told her, I'm going to find a job I love. And I'm like, this is, I just told myself when I came out, this is like my year. And this was a year before Day with Destiny. Um, So came out of the closet, went to uh, quit my job. And then two weeks later after I quit that job, I found, I met my then mentor for real estate. Mm. And uh, 17 year old me saw this like guy in a suit walk in while getting a haircut. And I just asked him all these questions. I knew that I wanted to work with him. And I got this internship at this top team in my city for real estate. And I was 17 years old learning about the transaction process, mortgage process, buying and selling. I mean, I, and I told them, you know, disregard my age. I am, teach me everything. And I spent that entire year not only learning about real estate, but he would give me books on Tony Robbins. He would give me books on Tim Ferriss. He would just tell me, read all these books because they're going to help you so much in life. How to win friends and influence people. And I went to date with Destiny the next year because he told me about I'm Not Your Guru on Netflix, which everyone has to watch. Right. And I set, the, I set a goal to go to date with Destiny to come up with the money. And I did within like a month. And I, 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 I set the goal in November and I had like that month to come up with the money and everything worked out really good. Went to Date with Destiny and, and that this year that you've been seeing, Kim, was the year after Date with Destiny where they made you set your... I set like five goals for Date mm-hmm. with Destiny and I've really focused on... I became a real estate agent after Date with Destiny. So I've been focusing on building this real estate business, fitness, giving myself the best body ever. And also traveling a lot to really just embrace myself and embrace life and share with all the amazing people around me. Oh, that's awesome. And are you still on the team or are you on your own now? Like, how's that working? So when I started on the team, when I first came out, I was an intern, worked my way to assistant, admin, and then um, main admin. And I became an agent and now I'm still an agent. Um, I became an agent in February of this year. So it's only been about like nine or 10 months. Yeah, about, I don't know. I became an agent, I'm sorry, in April. I was was thinking about it in February, April. So it's been about like maybe seven or eight months. And I'm still on the team. Um, I'm very grateful the way business is going. And this year has just really showed me that you can do anything you put your mind to, regardless of your age, because there were times before that where my biggest concern was clients wouldn't take me as seriously because I was only 19. And how old are you now? I'm 20. Oh my God. You're such a baby. I know. I know. I know. so awesome. Like you've done so much by 20. Really exciting. Yeah. I was telling my... My mentor, he's the team leader. He's like my second dad. I was telling him not that long ago, I take a step back and I told him, you know, my job is to get strangers to trust me with the biggest investments of their life. Yeah. And that's crazy to think because if you would have told me yeah. at 20 years old, that's what you would be doing, I would have said, oh my God. But now I don't even think about my age. To me, my age is a plus because I know when people meet me, they know that they're getting an extremely intelligent and hardworking person. And then they find that I'm 20. They're like, oh my God, like this is crazy. Right. You're amazing because you're like an old soul, right? Like at 20 years old to be able to do what you've done. And the battles that you've had are like the battles that we all have but you've been able to deal with them in such a short period of time where like, I feel like you could be straight and going through some stuff and still in your thirties and still not figure out your shit and not be accepting of who you are. And like, you've been able to do that and get to a point where you're like, fuck this. Like, I'm just going to tell my mom, fuck this. I'm just tell my sister. And you know, you just had it and you just decided to do what you did 
And it's amazing because the person that you are today is so incredibly beautiful. Not even just from like an aesthetic, because like obviously you're gorgeous, right? But the person that you are, like your soul, your spirit, your energy, like if anybody ever gets to meet you, like it's no wonder why people want to work with you. It's because that energy is high vibing, right? And like I'm all about energy. So I can't have people in my space if they're not like, if their energy isn't right. And that's one of the things that I love about you is because like, we can be talking on the phone. I can be dying and be like, Hey, Brandon, like I need to do this. Or I like want to do this and we'll be talking. And it's just this huge light and energy that comes around that you just wrap people up in and it's just gorgeous. And it, it just shows that you've done the work right? Like the internal work to be able to stand there and be at 20 years old and be successful and have that right mindset. So kudos to you. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah. I mean, I'm a big believer that your best investment is in yourself. And I'm also a believer that at the core of all of us is at the core of everything is energy. And, you know, the more you invest in yourself and the more you invest in energy, the more you can impact people. And I take such, I take a lot of time throughout my day to meditate, center myself and constantly grow, especially energetically, because I know that my energy is so contagious. And when I walk into a room, I want people to know that a big butterfly with super big wings is walking in there. <laughs> and they, and I will take your hand so we can all fly together as high as possible. <laughs> I love it. So... Before we get off, I want to know if there's something that you wanted people to do more of that would change the trajectory of how we take care of each other or how we are able to accept each other more. What would that look like? Okay, definitely the first thing that came to my mind is be loving. Just be loving. You know, it goes back to the cliche statement, be kind give people and specifically that action is take time to love as much as you as much as possible to not only yourself but to everybody around you so you see someone just smile and say hi you know you see someone's having a hard moment why don't you just give them a hug um why don't you just tell someone really special around you i love you i care about you and i think that's going to make the biggest one of the biggest differences because I think love is the most powerful force ever. And you can have a lot of knowledge. You can have all these materialistic things. You can have all, you know, anything impossible you can imagine, but imagine this world without any love. It's like, I think love and sharing that love with people is what makes life so special. And the reason I say that is because there, I do an exercise weekly where I think, I think as if I'm like 80 years old on my deathbed, and I take myself through that thought process of what am I thinking of? And when you put yourself in that perspective, you realize, wow, the things that are going to really matter the most at that point are going to be the love that you have with the people that you really care about. So, and love is so simple to just spread and show. I mean, you know, I can smile to someone across the hall and they're just like, oh my God, like, why is a person smiling? You know, it's just something cute and sweet. And you, one hug could change someone's life. Totally agree. Yeah. Thank you so much for that. Thank you for taking the time to talk with me today and to share your story. Um, if people want to find you, they can find you on Instagram and on Facebook. Oh, yes. Right. Yes, yes. And then it's Brandon. Is Brandon and your last name the handle? I can't remember what it is. Low. So my Instagram handler is B as in Brandon. And then my last name. So B, my last name is Manessis. So M-E-N and as in Neptune, E-S-E-S. And then the, the number is 98. Okay. And then Facebook? First and last name. And then if they want to find you for real estate services in Florida, right? You do... Oh, yes. I do all residential all over South Florida. My focus is yeah, I do all over South Florida. And to find me for real estate services, type in on Google J and then space Alexander Group. That's the team I'm with. You'll see all my information on there, including bio, you know, what business I'm doing now, what business I've done in the past, just to get a really good idea of me. And you'll see what we offer as a team for everybody out there, because I'm very grateful to be part of a team that 
we do really good and we're all like a really big family. So do that. Awesome. And you can also find me. I post a lot of positivity on my Instagram. So if you want a dose of just waking up and feeling good, um, you can definitely check out my stories. <laughs> Yay. Okay. So I will definitely have that in the show notes and I'll post that up so that people can find you, whether it be for real estate or just to follow you on social media. Thank you. And thank you, Kim, for taking the time to include me in your amazing podcast. Yay. Okay. Thank you so much. Brandon is beautiful and amazing. His social media is a stomping ground for inspiration, dedication, and words of encouragement. If you want to connect with Brandon, you can find him on Facebook at Brandon, B-R-A-N-D-O-N-M-E-N-E-S-E-S, or on Instagram with the handles B-M-E-N-E-S-E-S-98. There was so much that we covered in this episode from how to have the conversation of coming out and learning how to accept others. The goal is to embrace our differences and make the unknown a little less awkward. Most importantly, learning that it takes courage and guts to be able to come out and how to respect and create space for those who want to and are scared. It's the idea that we are able to evolve. One of the things that Brandon talks about is when he goes from holding on to so much energy, trying to look and be straight and how poorly he was doing in school to being liberated and excelling in every part of his life once he was able to feel and be who he was meant to be. The funny thing is this lesson isn't just for different sexual preferences. This lesson is for everyone. When we pretend to be someone we aren't by working a job that sucks your life out or acting like someone that isn't to the core of who we are or not honoring our inner voice, we trap our own energy. So the question comes down to this. Are you currently harboring energy that needs to be released? Do you feel free to do what you want and are excited about the life you're living? Because if you're not, imagine what crazy energy would come over you if you were to align your life with what brings you joy and love. Imagine how far you'd fly if you stepped into the unknown and do what you actually wanted to do. If you haven't, it's time. Liberate that energy, move in that direction, create a community of love and support for those around you and watch it get returned tenfolds. See how your life changes. Love and support doesn't cost a penny and as cheesy as it sounds, it saves lives. If you found this episode to be helpful, please help this new girl out. Subscribe to Trauma to Triumph in iTunes and leave me a review. If you want to connect even further, come to my site, which is kimbao.co k-i-m-b-a-o dot c-o co not com and drop me a question and let me know what resonated there's always room to improve and would love to hear the feedback you have for me and to be able to connect thank you so much for your time i appreciate you your insight your willingness to hear another perspective to add to your arsenal of amazing tools you already have enjoy right now and we'll see you at the next episode much love